Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of That's Enough Already. This week I'm talking to Melanie Bracewell. If you do not follow her on socials, you need to do it immediately. She does an impersonation of Jacinda Ardern. That is the best thing you will see in your life. Go follow her. She's a stand-up comic. She's an actor. She's a writer. She's an athlete. She recently moved over to Australia and she's one of the co-hosts of Cheap Seats. It is a very funny show. I've been on it, not to brag. Have a listen. Shut your mouth, I don't give a stuff Zip it, shush, please uh, 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 Yes, I can hear Calm down, mate. But I don't care, that's enough already Shut up Oh, shush How are you? I'm good, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks So, what sports do you do? Netball, basketball, um, play a bit of tennis, uh, touch rugby in school, I basically just played any sport. Anything moving. Yeah. I yeah. Me and my friend would compete on how many badges we could get. So uh, that's the kind of cool stuff I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're from a sporting family too, aren't you? Yeah, my uncles are cricketers. Like proper, not like like my family play indoor cricket. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I mean on a good level, you know, like for New Zealand, but uh, it's not the same as playing <laughs> outdoor cricket. Yeah, they're in the Black Caps. My my uncle John coached the Black Caps, but because my dad didn't grow up with his brothers, um, he's the only like non cricketing Bracewell. Like no one knows of Rick Bracewell. He's just an <laughs> IT. <laughs> Rick Bracewell making sure shit keeps running at yeah, night. Exactly. <laughs> now, because uh, let me ask you something: if you could choose between being a famous athlete. Like world-famous athlete or, you know, like a Serena Williams-level athlete or a famous comedian like a Dave Chappelle or a Wanda Sykes or athlete, a... Athlete, like, 100%. 100%. I don't even need to let you finish the question. Yeah. It is, it's so much cooler to be a, like a very good athlete than to be a very good comedian. Even even if you can, because you have to, like sports, there's a time limit on it. Like, And you're yeah. 26. You're going to wipe the shit out of your eyes <laughs> in four years and they're going to go, you can't. Like you're too, you, now you're too old to be a professional athlete. I f- yes, but I feel like professional, like very good comedian is quite yeah. often the path you go to if you aren't really good at anything else. But professional yeah. athlete is like, you're just amazing at being an athlete. You probably could be amazing at other things as well, but athlete yeah. pays the most money, so you do it. I mean, I hear what you're saying, and I think <laughs> it's like your thing is because they so... Look at how um, cool NBA players are. That being said, actually, I yeah. changed my mind because I'm a woman. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah you, you, you're not getting that money. You're not getting the big money or the big fame. Yeah, I'd probably still have to do comedy on the side. It is slowly changing. Like, I look at Lisa Carrington, and I'm like... She is an absolute phenomenon, right? Yeah. And, I mean, we're talking kayaking. We're not even talking the cool sports yet. Sorry, Lisa. <laughs> like, I kayak. It's not so, like, I would never be able to play basketball. It's just not a sport for me. I'm five mm. foot two. I'm round. I'm not fast. I'm, you know. But kayaking, I'm strong. I've got really strong arms and that, like, I can kayak upstream. Like, it doesn't matter. The tide's coming in. Who gives a fuck? I bow right through that shit. But you look at her, you go, she is in absolute top form. I'm sure she can do really well at everything because if you watch her doco, it's just, she's just that, uh, what do you call it when, when someone's really good at doing the same shit over and over and working really hard for it? Um, a psychopath. 
No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I can't even think of it. No, it's not, it's not driven. It's all, but, you know, that thing. It's amazing. And also, like, as New Zealanders, yeah. the, to be an athlete is like the one career that like tall poppy syndrome doesn't kick in as much. Yeah. You know, if you if you're an amazing athlete and you do our country proud, you are doing our country proud. But if you're yeah. like a big famous comedian touring around the world, people still go, eh, not for me. Now right, who? Oh, yeah. New Zealand has no comedians. Yeah. Like, why, don't, why don't you go fuck yourself? <laughs> you know, or they still all are like um, you know, no, nah, the only good comedian that was ever in New Zealand was Billy T. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was good at the time. But even yeah. now, I'd love to see him do it now. He comes on any TV show, you guys are going, oh, fuck. Exactly. He's laughing at his own jokes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like Georgie Pie. If he didn't grow up with it, it's it's just not palatable for, for other people. Yeah, I mean, I can't legally say um, that I don't like Georgie Pie as the Georgie Pie comedy apprentice of 2014. Yes. Um, so... <laughs> I, I accidentally trashed Georgie Pie right in front of the sponsors <laughs> on seven days. Really? <laughs> yeah. Because you, so tell me about the Georgie Pie thing. Uh, that, yeah. So there was like, this is like the reason I started comedy is yeah. that um, Georgie Pie was sponsoring seven days and doing a competition. Yeah. And it was do a, like a video of you being funny for a minute. And yeah. it was like quite a hard thing to do. I'd never done comedy before. I just like told a joke that was like one of my tweets and then I put in like 30 seconds of this uni assignment where I was interviewing people after they were coming out of the bathroom, asking if they were doing number ones or twos. Yeah. And I like got to the finals with that. So that that's right up Seven Days Alley. If, yeah, if you're listening to this, Seven Days is a panel TV show in New Zealand. It's like Mock the Week where we just take piss out of the news of the week. I ended up winning the competition and everyone else who were like, nominees and it were like trying to do comedy and I just thought felt like a bit of an asshole where I was like well I better try comedy now because it looked like I was just trying to be on tv for five minutes it was basically an apology for me to start comedy like I'll I'll do it but but I mean look how great it's worked out (laughs) exactly it's just completely take like you're you're one of the top comics and now you're one of the top exports Oh, you know, know, it's like yeah. you and Rose Matafeo and, you know, all the other ones that have left. I mean, is yours temporary? Have you temporarily moved or what? Yeah, what no, you... I, uh, I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, it is hard, I haven't though. done the contract negotiations yet. Yeah. So, uh, no, um, I, yeah, I, th- I, I think I'm based here, but it's so hard. When you can't go home to New Zealand, it makes you go, oh, shit, I kind of miss it. But, yeah, yeah, it's fine. It doesn't really matter where you're based. I mean, now I guess with COVID restrictions, it matters a little bit, but on the greater scale of things, it doesn't matter. Like, because you have to fly for most gigs anyway. Yeah, it was my original plan to fly from Melbourne once a week to do the show. And now that I'm doing the show, I'm like, that was insane. What is wrong with you, (laughs) Melanie? Get with it, you psycho. You want to turn up to the airport two hours, two and a half hours early every Monday and then fly and then do the same thing on a Wednesday. It's just, what is wrong with me? Because I fly back and forth quite a bit, especially before all of this stuff. Like I would fly two, three times a week to Australia. (laughs) 
horrible. <laughs> but because I've got two kids, I have yeah. no option, right? And I don't want to, you know. And also, I immigrated from South Africa first to the US, then to the UK, then back to South Africa, then to New Zealand. And so now my whole family, my mum, my my brother and uh, my sister all live in New Zealand with their families. So my mum said she will slit my throat if I immigrate again. And so... <laughs> If, if you have an African mum, there's a high possibility of her actually cutting my throat. So I'm not going to go. Uh, I have to commute. Well, I was actually living with my mum for a bit before I came here because I had to move out of my flat and they were getting a new flat made and stuff. And I think my mum would have slit my throat if I didn't immigrate out of there. So <laughs> yeah, there's definitely age now when people, uh, the newspapers talk about people in their 30s moving back with their parents. I'm like, who are these people? <laughs> it's who? me. <laughs> it's uh, No, no, but like for permanent, like they go, yeah. oh, we've moved back in with our parents and we're going to save for a house for a couple of years. I'm like, dude, just don't own a home. Just have your freedom. Your parents will appreciate you not being there. Even if they say they like having, they don't. They don't. Your dad <laughs> hates having you there. Your dad yeah. wants you to fuck off. That's why all those stories where it's like my parents helped me buy a home. It's like because they wanted you to fuck off. Yeah. They are mortgaged, remortgaged their house up to the tits <laughs> to get you the fuck out of their house because they cannot come. Your dad's like, yeah, we're going to be swingers now and now you move <laughs> back in. No, that's not That's not what he, he bought the 20,000 Viagra tablets for. Yeah, I had my partner living with us as well, which I was just like, it, it was actually good to have him there because he's a lot tidier. He was like doing the dishes and shit. he was almost like, you know, my scapegoat. Like, and they still stuck shit. up to your parents. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we're yeah. in that phase. I mean, I don't yeah. know how long that phase will last. but it was how, long, how long have we been together? Uh, a year. Yeah, maybe another year, another okay, good, good year right. out of him. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then maybe just, but as soon as you get married, it's gone. Oh, shit. Okay, I'll say no then. <laughs> Hold off on that <laughs> a little bit. Just once, once you decide where you're going to live, then you go, all right, I'll, I'll do it. But that's what I was going to say. Like, you think it's going to be easy or people go, oh, you can just come over. It's only a three-hour flight. It is, but you have to get up an hour before you leave, right, because you need to get your shit together and then you have to be there two hours before you go, then it's a three-hour flight. So now we're already, uh, what are we, six hours in and we still haven't done anything. Then you get to the airport or you get to Melbourne Airport, it's still an hour drive from there to anywhere good. And then now you're seven hours in, you still haven't done shit. So (laughs) by the time you've checked in and you've gotten to your job, you're like 10 hours awake and ready to go already and now you start prepping for work, which is only a four or five hours. So by the time you actually get to air, you're so fucked. Like I don't think <laughs> I've ever been fully awake and ready to go on television in Australia. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is hard, eh? And then and then when you do the way back, you lose two hours as well. So yeah. you're like get up at 6 a.m. to arrive home at like 4 p.m. It's just yeah. awful. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I used to, um, especially with the kids in school, I would take the red eye. Uh, which is a Qantas flight back at midnight out of Melbourne, and then I'd arrive in New Zealand like four o'clock in the morning, go home, and then make them breakfast, take them to school, and then crash and sleep. But you feel like a zombie. Then you're like, oh, but today I've got work in New Zealand, you know. So it's like you're just pushing a chain through the desert. So yeah, so I 100 percent um, would rather be athlete. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> 
they could fly business like all the time at least. With with athletes, they are specializing in that field. That's it. With comedians, I think most comedians, if they didn't start like you from a pup and then just sort of grew up in the role. But if like you are in other roles first and then you get sick and tired of that shit because either you're too dumb, lazy or smart. Those three categories. To be in your nine-to-five job and then you just go, fuck all of you, I'm going to find a job where I can drink on the job and swear as much as I like. And if someone pisses me off, I can go, fuck you, and that is comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do that grand exit from your job? No, they love me and I love them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so wholesome. <laughs> no, I... I was lucky enough to be, because um, I, I kind of got caught up in the global um, recession, you know, the financial crisis last time. So um, they got me into comedy. They were the ones that booked my first That's spot. That's so and, funny. Yeah. They like genuinely like, well, your job might not exist, but we're going to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're funny. We're going we're gonna to get you to go do some stand-up. And that's how I started. I've oh never even God, gone to a amazing. comedy show. And now here we are. Look, most men when they start comedy, like you talk to them and they're like, I wanted to be a comedian when I was seven. And you're like, how the fuck did you even know what a comedian was when you were seven? Like I I, I watched comedy when I was a kid, but I didn't watch any women in comedy. So I just thought that wasn't really possible. Yeah. Um, But when you meet women, it's like they went to an open mic night and saw how shit the guys were and went, oh, actually I could do this. 100%, (laughs) right? Yeah. Like what do you, do you think there's a glass ceiling in comedy? Let's talk about New Zealand comedy. Do you think there's a glass ceiling? It's a, there are, there are obstacles, but I feel like the ceiling isn't as low as it is in other jobs that you can, like you're an example of a woman absolutely creaming it and you can go on tour and people love you and there's no gatekeepers involved at all because people will just come to see you and buy a ticket. In certain industries, I think there's like, oh, we've only got one woman slot for this TV show or we've only got one woman writer for this TV show or whatever. But I think it's changing. I think we're kind of proving that that's yeah, I think, I think that, like you said, there's obstacles, but they're not, they're really easy to ignore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't know if it's just the New Zealand way, but it's, you kind of go, oh, this person doesn't really want me in this situation or position or mm. gig or whatever. And you go, well, fuck you, dude. I'm just going to do it anyway, you know? Yeah. And then they're like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. I think when I first started comedy, there were like a couple of clicks, I guess. And I thought, because I didn't, I didn't suit the like old people click. I, I take offense to that. <laughs> I did not I did not say you were I'm in the not old in a person click, but I'm an old person. <laughs> um I didn't feel, feel like I fit with the one young people group. And I was yeah. like, well, I'm fucked. I, I'm not in this like group that will get you on TV or whatever. Um and then like the project came along and it was like a whole separate group and I was like, oh, actually it's fine. I'm so dramatic. Yeah. Yeah, because you do heaps of television, but you also do heaps of writing. You and and you write for Wellington Paranormal, which has just fucking gone nuts. It's all crazy. Over the world. It's so weird. I love working on the show. I love you know doing the show and stuff. But I did not expect that at all. I guess it's just my you know humble Kiwi attitude where I'm like they won't get it, or you know, or maybe I'm just an asshole and I think Americans are dumb or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't expect it to 
fly as much as it has overseas. It's been pretty crazy. Yeah, man. I see because um, I follow Jermaine on Twitter and um, I just see how they, like people just tweet about it all day because he interacts with them and I'm like, that's fucking insane. It's so good because it's like I feel when Rose went over to the UK, I mean, of course, you know, like everyone gigs in the UK, we all go to Edinburgh, we all do stuff in the UK and because a lot of the UK comics come over to Australia and New Zealand, they're sort of aware of us but I feel like Rose has really put a foothold in there and is sort of putting the, you know, the the things on the wall for the rest of us to just climb up when we get there. Yeah. You know, she's sort of building trust for us. But you you also did the same thing for Australia because when I had my first meeting with Have You Been Paying Attention, they were like, Ursula is so funny and we realised that New Zealanders are funny and we want to look for more New Zealand women to put on our show. So it's like, you know, everyone's kind of like paving the way in some way if you leave New Zealand. Yeah, but that's the thing. You have to be brave enough to get out. Yeah. I, a, a male comic, uh, one of the older guys. <laughs> you don't need to specify. You can just, as soon as you do the quote, I'll know. A dude, a dude said to me, you're silly. Like, because I started going over, because I, when I just started doing comedy, like within the first, months because yeah. I didn't know how it worked. I'd never been to a stand-up comedy show in my life. I've never, you know, none of it. I had no clue. And then I heard that there were comedy gigs in a comedy festival in Adelaide, the French festival. And I was like, oh, I thought everyone was going to go over and do it. I thought that's what people did. So I booked to come over and then I just started doing comedy. And then after a few years of me going over, so I never really lost money on any of the festivals, I think the only money I've ever lost is $500 on my very first Melbourne. But other than that, I've usually either broken even or made like a thousand bucks. So the first few years, you don't make money. There's no money to be made because once you take the accommodation and the venue costs and all of that shit out of it, like you pay them, you know. And then this comic said to me, why do you keep going over to Australia? You could stay here and make heaps of money. Do you, do you identify as a comedian or comedian or that you're that tall chick from TV? Ah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm comedian. I feel like comedian is so cringy. It's so, it's I, I guess dumb, I might right? say it ironically. Maybe, yeah. but it took me a long time to even consider myself a comedian because I, yeah. I was like, how much do you have to do to be considered yeah. one? I usually just say like I'm a writer. See, I think the minute you sort of want to pace yourself and go, I don't know, I'm not a comedian yet, don't, don't jump the gun, then you are a comedian. I think it's when you do, you sign up for your first gig and you tell everyone you're a comedian and you change your job thing on Facebook to comedian. <laughs> you're not a comedian. Give it a year or two. Yeah, you've already made a fan page, Bob Joe Comedian or whatever. Yes. Yeah, I took ages before. I think I was seven years in before I made a fan page. I was like, it's too cringe. I can't do it. Yeah, and I, I was like, oh, could I invite my friends to like it? No, that's horrible. It's, yeah. Yeah, when it says even... Because we have the same manager now and then she goes, you have to send out invite. I go, I'm not doing that. Yeah. I'm just not doing it. It's so not- humiliating. Do you yeah. like me? Yeah. Hey, guys, uh, if I can just direct all traffic from this social media platform to the other one um, that doesn't have as many. So I'm saying the same shit on all platforms. Yeah, exactly. I'm not directing traffic away from nothing. <laughs> Yeah, no, I will post the same video on every medium. Same, same. I'm like, uh, although I'm, you know, I'm Gen X, like uh, it's already a miracle that I can I can post on all of the platforms. <laughs> so you're online heaps. Like I, I've, I didn't realise I don't follow you on Instagram, but I definitely follow you on TikTok. 
there's a lot of shit that comes at you on social media. I don't think people realize how much shit we have to absorb on any given week. Like people have a thought in their head. They see you on television and or they see like even you can be on the project, I can be on the project and then I can have people for days just saying shit on my page like fuck you and your ideas. I'm like dude, it's a parenting segment. Like it's not for you. You know, like how do you deal with that kind of shit? It's such a, it's such an annoying thing. It's like, even I've done shows where a guy has made a joke that people didn't like. And it's like, how dare you let him say that Melanie? And I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Stop the whole comedy show and go, actually, you can't say that. Like, when you're a Karen. And then, then I'm a Karen. Then that would probably just get edited out of the show anyway. So yeah. it would be pointless. But it's always just that thing where it's like, not only do you have to be responsible for yourself, but you have to make sure everyone around you is also being acceptable and you don't laugh at the wrong joke or it's just like exhausting. There are people now who will go out calling out bullies. Like that's what their whole TikTok thing is. And they'll go, help us identify this person. We're going to get them cancelled. We're going to get their employers. We're going to get, and then there's a lot of pile on, you know, sort of people will just jump on and go, you know, like, or you make a comment about vaccinating or not vaccinating or, which I mean, vaccinate, don't be a fuckwit. But, (laughs) and then you say that, and then you have like 5,000 comments on a, a thing you know, like I just commented on Jacinda's post recently um, and it wasn't even about vaccinate or don't vaccinate. All I said was RIP your comment section. Yeah, I actually saw that. Yeah, (laughs) but then there was like 800 comments about how can you comment on anything medical? You're fat, you're obese, you're going to die. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, if that was just a member of the public, you know, like I always say to people, because you can't, if you comment on anything, because I see other people being, com- you know, being piled on. To me, I look at that and I go, I'm going to get a joke out of this and get yeah. paid a lot of money for, for what you're doing right now. This <laughs> could give me about 20 minutes. So, you know, we're looking at, say, the thousands of dollars down the line that you have just put in my pockets. So thanks for that. But general <laughs> members of the public, like if you had to give someone advice, like you've had people just open a can of whoop ass for like a week where you've just been bombarded by hate. What would you say to someone if they're in the same position? Just log off. Just it's it's like the easiest thing to do is just I had a huge problem where I was very obsessed with maybe what I thought people thought of me. And that was my demise was that I read, I read comments of people are being mean or whatever. And now I just don't do that. It's like the only way you can train yourself out of doing that is actually having a bad experience and realizing, oh, like I could just log off. And then you just go and you like play tennis or me and my brother would go to the driving range and just like smack golf balls And suddenly you're not thinking about what people are saying. You're thinking about, shit, I could have got that on the right angle or whatever. Yeah. So, so time, that's like, if you, if you're having a shit, whatever time, just, just give it a week. If you need to give it two weeks, give it two weeks Yeah. and just, you know, pull the handbrake on that shit. (laughs) It's crazy. But let me ask you, um, what shits you to absolute death about other people? Well, this is really good timing because I'm on my period. So I feel like this is Here the perfect go. time to All come right. on this podcast. I'm PMSing, so I'm ready for it. Yeah, I, I guess the thing that's just been like annoying me the most is just like people who just need a comment if you're doing something like slightly wrong. If you're like, I don't know, like your simple things I always get feedback on is like, I'll post a video and I've got a pimple and someone will offer me a skincare regime. I'm like, 
fuck off. I've, I've done, I know what I'm doing. I've got a pimple. I've done this. Or I'll say something slightly wrong and people will be like, actually, um, I think you'll find that was the 2007 edition of of Uh. it. And I'm just like, fuck off. Another one I've been getting is like, I keep getting these weird like foot fetish people who like ask to buy feet, pe- like pictures of my feet. And then when I'm like, no, thank you. They'll be like, well, hi, you actually have a video on your TikTok where I could briefly see your feet. So I got it for free and like send me screenshots. Like you fucking creepy Dude, little You're the weirdo, weirdo not I me. I'm like, there's nothing wrong with having a fetish. Just leave me out of it. I don't want to yeah. be, I don't want to know about it. I don't know want to know what you're jacking off to. I yeah. just, just keep it to yourself. It's fine. Yeah. I'm going to tell your mum about this. That's what, <laughs> yeah. like, fuck. Yeah, it, it's weird. As I, 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 I'm currently at that age, I think, where I get a lot of gay guys if I do a video because I do these documentary videos and then I get these guys that go, why do you have so many wrinkles on your lip? Or why do you have so many? You can fix that with filler. Or no, this guy keeps sending me messages <sighs> and I know it's the same guy because it's the same wording but different profiles because yeah. I block him immediately. I'm like, oh, fuck you. There's no, not even, if that's the first interaction you have with someone is yeah. get some Botox, you've got a lot of wrinkles. I block you. I'm like, get fucked. If you, if I met you in real life and those are the first words out of your mouth, I'll just fucking turn and walk away from you. You're a cunt. When they come across as like really well-meaning, but they're not, yeah. but they're just kind of yeah. weird. I posted yeah. a photo and someone like sent me this long DM being like, hey, babe, I just want you to be comfy and you just need to know that you're wearing a bra size that's slightly too big for you. And I just want you yeah. to um, make sure you get a proper fitting. Um, and I was like, I know my, I know my boobs more than you. Yeah. I was like wearing an old bra that probably curled at the top or something, yeah. but I know my boobs. You don't yeah. need to come in here and be like, you know, I've got some helpful advice. Like you just yeah. make it weird. Yeah, and the best is it's usually from anonymous people or yeah. from people that you go, all of your photos are crystals or eagle or whatever. <laughs> so I can't tell fuck ugly you are. Let's let's dissect your fucking look, shall we? <laughs> and then they go, yeah, but I'm not on television. I'm not on television to be a fucking, you know, model for whatever yeah. skincare range you think I'm selling. Like I'm just, and then uh, this guy that keeps going, oh, get some Botox in your lip. Hey, dumbass, Botox ain't going to fix this. You're talking filler and I won't put filler fucking in my face because you, you'll be able to see it when I talk. Don't be a jackass. I know. It's, it's. Plus, I'm nearly 50. I'm supposed to fucking be wrinkly. <laughs> yeah, people, people will be like, oh, she's wrinkly or she looks. I always get that people think I'm in, like older than I am. They think yeah. that I, they're like, we'll make jokes like, oh, I thought she was in her 50s or whatever. Yeah. It's really crazy. Um, but then if I was to get Botox or filler or something, yeah. then all the comments would be like, ah, oh, she had to get plastic surgery. What a, what yeah. a, you know, shallow bitch. So yeah. it's just like, but the, okay. It's just because they want to say something. They yeah. can't go for your body shape, you know, because you've, you're in shape. So they can't go with me. They always go, yeah, but you're obese. I'm like, uh. yeah. And? And you're you know, a physician? Like, Are you a physician? Like, what? Yeah, because that's a, it's like I go, well, I'm 100% healthy. Like, I yeah. have a full physical every year. I'm 100%. Like, it's almost embarrassing how healthy I am. <laughs> and then, you know, even just for my age, if I was in shape at my age, like my brother and sister were both in shape, are both on high blood pressure and, you know, cholesterol tablets. I don't have any of that shit. Like, I'm 100% fucking great. But people, because they, it's an easy thing to go for. for. 
you know, that or my wild hair. They go, God, you look like you just woke up. That's a a lot of women my age will say that to me going, fuck, your hair looks wild today. (laughs) We're also, we're comedians. It's like, you look like you just woke up. I probably did. I did. For this gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just got up and, and, you know, the kids were both in bed with me and, and like my son still wrestles me. Every morning I wake up, I'm wrestling. I'm fucking hand-to-hand combat, a five-year-old. You know, that fucks up your hair, man. <laughs> I play rough with the kids, the dog, the everyone. And then, then I'm like, oh, shit, I just thought of something funny. Let me record it. I'm not going to go straighten my hair so you feel better about my head. Yeah, and all your videos are about being in lockdown. It's not yeah. like, oh, I'm about to hit the catwalk, but let me just quickly yeah. re- record this. Yeah, fuck that. I mean, like people said, I, I don't even get, like getting my photos Photoshop or my posters. I'm like, no, I want people to not go, who the fuck is on stage? You know, <laughs> It's the same fucking person, jackass. Oh, my God. Honestly, something. But I think it is lockdown um, talking where my tolerance and also people have more time. And that's why they, they sort of go for, they have time to comment on not just your work, but what you look like. People comment on the shit in my background, in the background of my photos or my videos. They go, what's that thing in the background? I'm like, none of your goddamn business. Oh, man. I, I agree that my lock, the lockdown has definitely lowered my tolerance. I was walking around our house the other day and there was like a kid that <laughs> it just so just annoyed me so much. You know when kids have like a little cup and they've got a straw coming out of the cup yeah. and then they tilt the cup to try and drink out of the straw? Yeah. I was like, fucking idiot kid. Like, <laughs> don't, don't tilt it. It's a straw. <laughs> I just couldn't help myself from being so annoyed. <laughs> My kids are just at the stage where they keep the cup down. Like oh, that's take, good. It takes years to get them to that point. But now they're on these cups. It's a, a little oh, bottle with yes. a straw built in. Nice. And that fucks them up because with a the straw, they, they 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 can sort of bend it now. Yeah. But this one, it, it looks like it should tip. So it's just a little uh, sippy cup, a Paw Patrol sippy cup. And then it's got the plastic hard straw. So my five-year-old will still tilt it and I go, that just hold it down. Me hold off. it down. And then I think I trying to get the water I'm like come on man (laughs) (laughs) okay mate you need to get out more you need to to get back to that driving range and what about you pisses you off what's the one thing about you that shits you to absolute death that you go fuck if I could just stop that I'd be a better human yeah um probably (laughs) this is so hard this feels like a job interview where I'm like is it caring too much (laughs) 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 but like to an extent I get annoyed at how annoyed I get which is you know I'm I'm a hyper competitive person um you know when me and my partner are playing frisbee golf and he beats me by a point it will ruin my whole day I will be legitimately mad I'll be grumpy I'll be like well, it was stupid because you got the better frisbee. Like, I will find they have mental gymnastics of why I didn't win. I've, like, played sport my whole life, so anything is kind of a competition. It's 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 unhealthy. I, I totally get that. I, I used to be super competitive. I was still competitive, but to an extent. I'll, I'll tell you what happened to me. Just before I left South Africa, I was 30 years old. I um played cricket, indoor cricket, and we had a mixed team. We did really well. Like we're like provincial level. And um, my, it was a mixed team. So my batting partner, Greg, who also lives in New Zealand now, also my best friends, him and his wife. And I used to be a big wicket keeper, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, in cricket, 
you call the ball. You, you know? gonna, and, but yeah. as a wicketkeeper, there's certain things that you know the wicketkeeper's got that ball, right? So the batsman top-edged the ball, right? Now, who would you say in that scenario is going to catch the ball? The wicketkeeper, the wicketkeeper right? yeah. Not the bowler. So I'm wicket, top-edges the ball, I'm under the ball. I'm just waiting for it to come down, right? That's why but my friend Greg, who bowled, he runs to try and catch it. He knocks me over and both of us miss the ball. So this is where oh, he's super competitive too. So in, in a move, I just rolled him over and started punching him repeatedly <laughs> in the face. I was saying three or four times and it wasn't until I looked up and I saw his wife sort of looking at me going, what the fuck? And I looked at him and I realized I was busy pummeling him uh, that I sort of, I just got up and walked walked away and I went to the dressing room and I, I thought, I went too far there. But then I went back out and, and we finished the game. Yeah, Greg, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to get player of the day. Yeah, probably not certificate day for me today. But, yeah, so then I, that, that sort of calmed me down. That calmed both of us down. I mean, he uh. started calming down, I think, day five or six when he could see out of his eye again. <laughs> I, that's the thing I get so frustrated with with playing um, sport with men, uh, basketball in particular. I was like one of the only girls who was playing in this kind of social league. It was just like me and a few yeah. people that I knew and a bunch of others kind of thing. And I am good at basketball. Like I, I know yeah. what I'm doing. I, I'm pretty coordinated. I can catch a ball. I can score a basket. But the forgiveness level for if I miss a three uh, is... Yeah. They won't pass the ball to me again. Whereas oh. fucking Joe Blow over there has tried to, has got a GoPro on his head and is trying to sink like <laughs> two threes and has missed them all. And it's like, why do you have a GoPro? It's like, oh, is that real? A guy genuinely had turned up with a GoPro on his head um, oh, to film hell. like social basketball, him hitting, like trying to get a layup in or whatever. And oh, so no. then every time he like, <laughs> <laughs> anytime he'd get a basket, we'd be like, put that on the GoPro. Like he only wore a GoPro once, but he was the yeah. GoPro guy forever. Yeah. Oh, my God. Fair enough. You should be embarrassed for life. If you, <laughs> unless you're on a motorbike, you do not need a GoPro on your head every time. People document too much of this shit. GoPros, like in theory, you think they're going to look so cool. But yeah. I went downhill mountain biking and I, like, my brother had a GoPro and we took turns, you know, yeah. having it on. All you're looking at is handlebars and me going, shit, oh, God. And you look like a dick in a helmet. Your head's a funny shape. It's not It's not cool. <laughs> I'm just, like, honestly on the verge of tears on this GoPro footage going, I'm going to fall, I'm going to fall. Yeah. No, that's also, it's the same with my dash cam footage. I've got a dash camera. But, like, I never watch it back. I literally only have it in case there's an accident. You know, like, mm. that's it. Or 99% of the time it's just me going, the fuck are you doing, cunt? Get in there. Oh, I... fuck off. That's all my GoPro. I get so much road rage as well. Like I will genuinely, if someone won't let me in, I get so annoyed. I'm like, this will take two seconds out of your life to yeah. make my life a hundred times better and you choose not to do it. You're yeah. evil. 
You're bad. Yeah. Just go. You should just go because if they're slightly behind you, you should do it now. You should get all this rage out of you because the thing that handicaps me at the minute is the kids. Yeah. If I have them in the car, I can't road rage. So, you know, because I'm so scared there's an accident or something and they're in the car, you see. When so I'm like, fuck, you absolutely. But I have to think it. I can't, like, all of that rage lives inside me now. I can't just let it out. Like, I wish I had done more, you know, when I was just free and single and no kids and I could just go nuts in the car, but now I can't because they did. trying to hold myself together because um, I was with my nephew and we couldn't find a park at like the Westfield Albany or something. Yeah. And he's like, he was like year six at the time. He was like, hey, hey, Auntie Mel, there's, um, you could go on that one. It says seniors. I'm a senior now. And Aww. I was like, oh, I'm not mad about the park anymore. Yeah. That's just cute. Yeah. <laughs> That is cute. Yeah, no, I I try and my my daughter's but she's eight, and she tries me to stop swearing. If I swear, she goes, "I'm going to send you to a campus to help you not swear." And I'm like, "It's going to have to be a fucking good campus." Because <laughs> I think this podcast is your campus. Is that this you? Is my are? Campus. This is my this is my therapy session. Yeah, exactly. I have yet to meet anyone who I don't agree with. Everything yeah. that shits other people shits me too. So too, and you kind of you can rile each other up where you you yeah. didn't think you were mad about something, and then yeah. someone goes, "But sometimes yeah. when you do order Uber Eats and they make you get the rice separately, that is fucking annoying." And you're like, "Yes, yeah. it is." Yeah, fuck those people. <laughs> How? Who eats the meat? What the fuck am you I an animal? The rice. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> especially when they go at the checkout and they go, would you like rice with this meal? Why the fuck isn't it? Get- I want to <laughs> ring this restaurant. I'm going to ring this restaurant. The only person I haven't agreed with on something was Sam Pang, but he came with 25 problems about stuff that he dislikes about other people. <laughs> um, of course he did. In alphabetical order. And he didn't, like his first one was tennis. He says, tennis is shit. I'm like, how can you can't just discredit a whole sport. Watching or playing? All of it. He hates, he hates it. He's like, it's bullshit. I'm like, <laughs> mate, come on, come on. Oh, someone didn't get picked for the team. Yeah. <laughs> Too short to look over the net. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's going to do another episode where he's, he's just hating on us for talking shit about him. Yeah. No, he will probably. He'll send me a text message. He won't listen to this. He'll be busy playing golf with Brownie. Anyway, hi, thanks for doing the potty. No worries. That's enough already. Shut up. Oh, shush.